Good morning, friends. Welcome back. Greetings. It's really good to be together uh, this fourth Sunday of Advent when we are reflecting on peace. And peace is something that I wish for all of us this Christmas. Peace with ourselves, peace with God, and peace with our circumstances, whatever those might be. When our bodies are nourished with peace, we experience a different kind of creativity, playfulness, humor, authenticity, and when we are in a tough spot or a difficult conversation, uh, embodied peace allows us to perceive a wider range of options for how we might respond. And I want to propose that as we experience embodied peace more often, we might then be less tempted to say or do things that sacrifice it. Sacrifice means taking life from something essential and precious over here and trading it for a reward we're pursuing over there. And I think this can look a lot of ways. So uh, here's an example. For many years, I sacrificed my inner peace in pursuit of peace with others. And it's taken a long time to realize that sacrificing peace with ourselves or peace with God uh, in a misguided attempt to diffuse conflict out here, it doesn't actually resolve the conflict. It just moves it inside us. And so our text for today uses this word holy to describe the process of being led out of, of the temptation to sacrifice and into an embodied peace. And I hope to offer us today a helpful way to think about this word holy in the context of the Christmas story. So where in this story might we find ourselves being led out of unholy sacrifice and into an embodied peace, which we might feel in our belly and in our lungs and in the micro-muscles around our mouth and our eyes, a peace which expands our range of options for how we might respond to conflict around us. So that's the question we're invited into today as we listen to the words of Jesus quoted here in Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. So notice with me this human phenomenon that when our bodies are overly stressed, we will frequently be tempted to make a sacrifice of something, either outside or inside us. And when we are tempted to sacrifice something, we're often listening to the falsehood that says that peace has to be purchased with violence, violence toward somebody or some inner part of ourselves. And consider that Christ came into the world in a body like ours, to correct that misperception. To say, no, God does not desire that you sacrifice anything. Not outside you or inside you. And I'm here to show you another way. So ancient peoples of all different religious cultures 
practiced animal sacrifice in an attempt to purchase peace with God or with the gods. And for centuries before Jesus arrived, prophets had been trying to help humanity understand God does not want or need this. God's peace and forgiveness were always already free. They never needed to be purchased. But words can only go so far. So at the right time, Christ entered our story. And speaking to God, Christ said this, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. So a human body, which under stress we can understand, would be tempted to make a sacrifice of something in exchange for that little bit of extra currency with God or with others. And yet it appears Jesus never did. In every scene, Jesus refuses to sacrifice anything outside his own body or or his inner peace. And instead, when his bodily stress increased, so did his playfulness and curiosity and humor and authenticity. So perhaps this Christmas, we might reflect on moments when we have felt tempted to sacrifice something, something precious and essential, either outside or inside us, in pursuit of a peace which never really came. Or we might spend time in prayer before going into that family gathering or that work event and imagine the sacrifices we might be tempted to make. And I think it's okay if we still make them, but perhaps this season we might begin to wonder if those sacrifices were really necessary or whether Jesus is modeling for us another way. So the author of Hebrews then goes on to say this. First, Jesus said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. And then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. So he sets aside the first to establish the second. He sets aside the first to establish the second. So we might understand the first as that temptation to sacrifice something, that temptation towards violence. And the second as the practice of discerning God's will, which is a practice that's really, it really is capable of flooding us with embodied peace. The root of the word discernment is related to the process that bankers go through to learn how to spot counterfeit money. So they learn to distinguish the artificial from the real by studying the real. And that's how we learn to distinguish what's real from what's artificial by studying what Jesus actually said and did with his own body, we may be studying the real, what God's will really looks like and how it's different from robotic sacrifice. And so notice with me, though, that in the short run, sacrifice feels easier. The sacrifice hands us this rule, this like list of rules, and we don't really have to think about it. So it gets coded into law for us. So when I encounter this, I always do that. When my boss asks me to take on extra, extra tasks, I always say yes. When I'm offered a drink, I always drink it. When my relative makes a comment, I always change the subject. So I sacrifice my inner peace in pursuit of a, a peace with others 
But sacrifice shuts off our brains and our bodies and our spirits. It just puts us on autopilot, which sometimes is okay. And at the same time, by discerning God's will, we're invited into a different kind of practice. It's a different kind of curiosity, like, what does this moment really call for? What kind of creative, playful, humorous, authentic response might bring about real embodied peace instead of an artificial one? Ignatius of Loyola spoke about discernment as a three-legged stool. So he taught his students to read scripture, practice listening prayer, so listening to God in prayer, and paying attention to our own bodies, our own sense of inner peace and consolation as a clue about God's will for us. So what if being led out of sacrifice and into the practice of learning to discern God's will is the beginning of what it means to be made holy? Let's look at how our passage wraps up. We read this. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all. So we've arrived now at this question, if God doesn't desire sacrifice, how do we imagine that the unholy sacrifice of Jesus' body leads us out of sacrifice and into a process of being made holy? So the word used in scripture for holy, uh, it's used in three primary ways. It can refer to being cleansed from impurity, or being brought near to God, or being purified internally through knowledge of who God really is. So we might think about impurities as being our mistaken ideas about sacrifice, our temptations, which we may find ourselves being led out of, being purified of, as we reflect on the Christ story and what Jesus actually did and said with his body and what that reveals to us about who God really is and how God relates to us. But did Jesus have to die for us to come to know who God really is? Would we not have just believed him if he had shown up and said, okay, I'm God, I'm here now, and you've gotten a few things wrong about me? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we would or could have believed him. By the time Jesus was born, Samuel and David and Isaiah and Hosea and Jeremiah and a long list of prophets had come and said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. God doesn't desire these sacrifices. Nothing needs to die for you to be forgiven. But words can only go so far. So when the time was right, rather than sending yet another prophet, God showed up in person. And God placed God's own body in our hands, human hands, hands itching to sacrifice something. And God came in person, not to take our place, but the place of the animals and the people and the precious essential parts of us that were tempted to sacrifice in pursuit of peace. 
So scholars tell us that by the time Jesus was born, something like 250,000 lambs were needed every Passover, and they were to be perfect. And so the shepherds in the fields outside of Bethlehem, they were given the special task of raising lambs for this purpose. And we're told the male newborn lambs were often wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, and the shepherds would come inspect them and certify whether or not they were acceptable for sacrifice. And these shepherds were in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, when an angel of the Lord stood before them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people, for to you is born this day a Savior, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And by that will, we have been made holy. Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, once for all. By God coming to us in a body like ours, to lead us out of sacrifice. By God coming to us in person, not just to tell us, but to show us. You need not ever sacrifice anything outside or inside you to purchase my peace. My peace was always already yours. And if after I've come to you in person, you still believe a sacrifice is necessary, here I am, here's my body. May it be the last sacrifice you ever make. Please pray with me. This Christmas, as we reflect on the Christ story, may we find ourselves being caught up in the slow, patient process of being made holy. May we sit beside Mary, pondering all of this in our hearts. May we learn to distinguish between the artificial and the real. And may our growing trust open up pathways of holy peace within our own bodies. In the name of the Father, the sacrifice of the Son, and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Amen.